Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of current and classic horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews and discussions may include spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. What is that? The guy who uploaded this video said it was from a tape he found in the Black Hills woods. I think that might be my sister. You really think your sister could still be out there after all these years? If there is any chance I could find out what happened to her, I need to try. Legend said there's been a curse on these ones. Do you believe in the stories about the Blair Witch? The inspiration for today's installment to Tubi Tuesday, in which I highlight a film currently streaming on Tubi TV, actually came from a conversation I had last week. In Daily Horror Habit episode 177, I sat down with my pal Bernie to discuss The Blair Witch Project, a film that I had somehow never watched before. Chalk it up to yet another egregious watchlist oversight, or perhaps I figured its hype was mostly indicative of how groundbreaking it was for the time of its release. Given the 20 plus years of found footage horror we've been inundated with since its release in 1999, I assume there was little it could do that I hadn't already been exposed to. While this is only partially true, it really cannot be understated by just how effective the Blair Witch Project remains. The film capitalizes on its unique genre perspective in ways that still elude some modern found footage horror films. Being unsettling, sad, and frightening, in spite of its low production cost and limited cast size, The Blair Witch Project remains an effective piece of filmmaking. So when I heard that Adam Wingard, the director behind films such as You're Next and The Guest, was rebooting a sequel to the original film, I was intrigued. I was intrigued at the idea of comparing the merits of the original and this reboot some 17 years later. How would advancements in technology be utilized? Would the myth of The Blair Witch have evolved over the years? Would Wingard be able to retain the restrained and horrifying nature of the Blair Witch, or give in to more mainstream audience expected conventions of horror? Well, let's find out. While there are three films in the Blair Witch cinematic universe, Wingard's Blair Witch ignores the events of 2000's Book of Shadows Blair Witch 2. He's on record as saying this was in response to wanting to return to the original found footage format, as well as continuing with characters' narratives from the original film. This connection materializes in the form of James leading a group of friends into the Blair Witch Woods in search of his sister Heather, who went missing in the original film. Taking place in 2014, 20 years after the events of the original, James' belief that his sister is still alive is driven by a mysterious video he finds online. 
Someone claiming to have found the tape of Inside the Blair Witch House contains a distorted reflection of a woman who James believes to be Heather. Though, once James and his friends enter the woods, a malevolent force once again begins to stalk and prey upon them. Now, there are two notable differences from the original film right off the bat. First, first, the cast size is doubled from the original. Part of what made the original such a somber tale was the intimate nature of characters, but also the viewer's intimate relationship with such a small cast. There's also the idea that there's safety in such a small cast. You can't necessarily kill off characters quickly when there's only three of them. But in doubling the cast size to six characters for 2016's Blair Witch, that intimacy is largely lost, as well as some characters seemingly serving only to add to the body count of the film. This also somewhat hurts the opening act of the film, as we have more characters to be introduced to, more backstories and connections to one another. This lack of immediacy results in it taking longer to get to the woods and for the horror and store to begin. And now for a brief intermission. If you've been enjoying this episode of Daily Horror Habit, please take a moment to subscribe to the show on your preferred streaming platform or leave us a review on iTunes. And thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the remainder of today's horrifying episode. Furthermore, the lack of intimacy between characters could also stem from Blair Witch being scripted, whereas the original was not. This is to be expected. I mean, this is a modern film with more of a backing than the original, but the result is, is that this core group of friends lack the organic nature of the original trio. As in, there's no real sense of camaraderie past the viewer being told, hey, these people know each other. We're not really ever exposed to examples that they actually know one another other than just kind of like, yeah, we're all friends. And it's basically kind of just taps out at that. Out of all the characters, I would say that Kaylee Hernandez as Lisa does a great job of channeling Heather's terrified energy from the original film, but in a much more refined manner. Other than her, everyone else is serviceable at best while never being a standout other than the way in which they'll inevitably fall prey to the witch. The second most notable difference from the Blair Witch Project is that that film had an emphasis on capturing the terror of being lost in the woods, while Blair Witch is about being hunted. In theory, this makes sense given the increased budget and talent involved. Gone is the meager $60,000 shooting budget of the original, replaced with an experienced director, actors, and a not-too-shabby $5 million budget attached. A frequent complaint of the original film is the lack of actual supernatural occurrences or, spoiler coming, actual sightings of the rumored witch. Now, I'm totally in favor of this approach, because while I really enjoyed the original movie, I wouldn't mind a modern crack at bringing the implied supernatural elements to life, now that the resources are actually there to do them justice. However, there is a big difference in a structural intention for a film and the actual execution of it. Given that characters are often running from something, there's an excessive amount of shaky camera that I'm not fond of. An instance here or there would have been far more effective, but it occurred just frequently enough that these segments quickly become laborious and somewhat nauseating. One promising element that Wingard's Blair Witch touches upon is the updating of technology at the character's disposal during the course of their investigation. Multiple headset and handheld cameras as well as a drone provide multiple feeds or point of view that could potentially make for more unique documenting of the haunting. Though this is yet another intriguing idea that could have been implemented smoother. The transition jumps from one character's camera to another are incredibly jarring given the suddenness in changing of perspectives and the sound burst that accompanies it. This makes for a very erratic sense of space within the film, given the frequency and manner in which these changes in perspective occur. As for the drone, outside of two brief uses of it, it isn't implemented in any real creative means that would justify its inclusion other than, hey, we could. In terms of Blair Witch's scares, these are largely a retreading of the original for a majority of the film. 
There's a large crashing sound that wakes them in the middle of the night. Rock piles and strange wooden effigies greet them one morning. You see where I'm going with this. There's also the repeated jump scare approach of having someone turn only to have another character silently standing behind them or someone running at the camera and screaming. These are always fake out as these are members of the group rather than the witch or a demonic entity of some sort. It occurs so frequently that a character literally responds to this happening for the sixth time by saying, will you stop doing that? In that moment, the character and audience were one. The only early on scare that legitimately made me jump is when a character angrily breaks a wooden effigy in half, only for another character to be broken in half in a moment of backwoods voodoo. A genuinely terrifying and disturbing moment that comes out of nowhere and shows they were capable of implementing new scares in this established film world. And to the film's credit, it does present the supernatural of the woods itself in a chilling manner. At a certain point, our protagonists realize that the woods have been overtaken by perpetual darkness, along with the idea that they're caught in a loop that won't allow them to leave. This works well at heightening the tension as these overt instances of a malevolent force at work, rather than a group of kids just wandering aimlessly through the woods. I prefer the ambiguous nature of the original, but for this film, it works very nicely. It's just a shame that it takes far too long into the film before it capitalizes on both nostalgia for the original and genuine scares. Before diving into the finale of the film, which is easily the strongest part of the movie, I feel I need to give another spoiler warning because I want to break down what is the only real redeeming part of the film. So, spoilers, incoming. The final act has James and Lisa finding the famed Blair Witch House from the first film, and exploring its haunted halls in full HD this time. There's not only nostalgia being tapped into here, but getting to explore the house in more clear detail and with a higher quality set design is a treat for fans. Shadowy figures move throughout the halls, there are glimpses of people standing in corners of rooms facing the wall, and stellar lighting captures the supernatural haunting mood of the home. As Lisa and James become separated, there's a fantastic moment where Lisa must crawl through an intimate tunnel system underneath the house. A perfect way to capitalize on the found footage perspective, capturing the claustrophobic confines of her predicament, as well as her momentarily becoming stuck just as she hears something coming towards her in the tunnel. In this sequence, we also get our second real look at the witch herself in all her long-armed and legged glory. Glory might be a stretch, but given Blair Witch's emphasis on giving some what they actually wanted in the original film, again, for this film, it works well enough. It's not the best, but the restraint in only showing the witch twice really allows it to be more effective, even if it looks to be a lanky CGI monster. If anything, Wingard's Blair Witch further proves just how damn effective the original film remains. Less in this case being more, as Blair Witch does have a few modern updatings of the witch that work, but more than anything, it abides by some of the lesser trends of modern found footage horror to ever be as memorable or successful as the original film. If you're a fan of the franchise though, it couldn't hurt to see what a 21st century crack at the king might look like, but largely serves as a reminder that you should really just revisit the original Blair Witch instead. If that sounds like something you'd be interested in, check out Blair Witch while it's currently streaming on Tubi TV. And that'll do it for another installment of Daily Horror Habits ongoing Tubi Tuesday segment, and I'll see you guys tomorrow for another Daily Horror Movie Review, and next Tuesday for another Tubi TV offering. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service, and follow the show on Instagram at Daily Horror Habit, and on Twitter at Daily Horror Pod for episode updates. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.